Well, we we had such a deep session this morning, and then as soon as I asked for hands to go up, I think about at least 15 hands went up, and then we, we didn't have much time. But uh, maybe we can can pick off and take off where we were this morning and everything that we've just gone through today and mm-hmm. and bring in some uh, some some of you live to join us and uh do you want to start with someone you noticed maybe oh yeah Would, helena did you helena elias i think you had your hand up you still remember what was burning on your heart at that time i don't think she's there at the moment. she's not there yeah okay. i can see her I, she just I waved she's there. She's there. Yeah, she's Not waving. She yeah. said, I'm here, I'm she here. <laughs> Is it still there for you, Helena? Yeah, she's there. She just raised her hand. <laughs> you can all hear me now? Mm-hmm. Yes. Thank you. Uh, it feels like such a blessing to be here with you all. <laughs> um, yeah, I think, you know, it's been challenging since I was there in Utah for three weeks in this cocoon and immersion of uh, holy relationship or mighty companions. And um, I think I appreciated that level of support that everywhere I turned, there was a brother who was sharing the same purpose and being home, it's like, I guess sort of just me and more internally, like holy communicating um, more with the Holy Spirit in my mind. Over these last number of weeks, it's been like a recognition of not necessarily valuing many things in life, like future goals or possessing things. Um, even like family vacations and I don't know there, and some of the relationships that I've had like small talk and I don't know it's like every time I hear Lisa's story of only wanting to talk about God and you know like I totally resonate with the mystic that's why I'm on this retreat and it's like Jason also you know presents that like yeah, the flow of support, Helena, you know, it's there to, you know, you're the mystic, think about that flow of support. And I don't know, sometimes I wonder, is it like, <laughs> I'm almost waiting for something to happen. Like I'm almost, you know, it's like the groundhog day with the kids. It's like very much the same. And there are pops of miracles. And I'm so grateful for those instances. Cause it's like, okay, right. It's all good here. This is blessed opportunity, you know, and, um, but it still feels like, I don't know, and maybe this is just the judgment and maybe this is still the ego, but it still feels like there's something more. Like you said, there's still a change coming or something. And like you, David, wondering, where's my life going to go? Where is this going to take me? Like, I wonder that a lot. And being in community, it's like a part of me feels as though I belong there and I don't belong here. But 
at the same time, am I running? Am I running from these relationships that make me face a lot? You know, like, you know, like you speak of, you know, we need to be in a mindset of, I don't know. And when I'm with the kids, it feels like I do need to know. There are these little tiny beings and, you know, so it's like, is it possible to get into that mindset, into mysticism in these type forms of relationships? Like, is it possible? Almost like, give it to me straight. And um, I don't know. I just, I don't want to miss opportunities. And at the same time, I also don't want to force things to happen, like create my life or make something. So I find myself often waiting for the spirit to make it obvious. Like I remember the first time I met you in Vegas, bawling in the conference room, you know, saying, I want to be with you. I want to follow you. This is all that I want to do. I could do this night and day, you know, and, and you told me the story of this woman who her, her, children were taken care of and she got a divorce da, 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 and all this stuff and it was like oh, I don't know I just this is the loop <laughs> I'm constantly always thinking about this and then I ground myself and I'm like okay it's here now spirit's here it's here now it's not anywhere else it's not in a time and I have to keep forgiving that thought that it's there with you in community and you say community's in the mind and I'm like ah oh. so I go back and forth and back and forth I don't know I just it's kind of a yeah. go, I guess. well you know it's like um in the Olympics when they when gymnasts do perform their routines you know the, they'll talk about the degree of difficulty like uh you know like being on the balance beam or doing the rings and all these things. And so it seems that we have to remember the first principle of miracles is there's no order of difficulty in miracles. And that's because there's no hierarchy of illusions. And you mentioned Lisa, when I first, uh, I was driving around and when Lisa first contacted me, I, I had my cell phone number on the internet. She called me up and when I answered the phone, she just said, she didn't even say hello. Uh, I answered the phone. I was traveling somewhere and I answered the phone and she said, I want joy. That's the, it wasn't hello. It was, I want joy. And I remember saying, good, that's really good. I, I join you in that. And then eventually I, I went to where she lived as I visited you in your, in Vancouver and been to your house. I uh, invited her because we were going to go to a, a course gathering. I said that I could, I could uh, even have lunch or dinner with you before the gathering. And she was like, what, what's this guy up with, up to? And not, and I don't think so, Buster, you know, it basically, but basically I went into her life and to her situation, if you want to call it that, what's your situation? You have three little beings. She had two teenagers that had pretty much taken over the whole house uh, when I first entered. We weren't little beings that were wanting her to serve them. They were teenagers that were demanding her. She was cooking all the meals. She was doing all the laundry. They were leaving stuff all over the floor. She was picking up after them. And she was working full time. She was like, she looked worn out, run down, beaten down. And she had two teenagers running her life from inside the house. And that was her starting point. Uh, was basically worn out and and being used by the teenagers in the, in the perception 
So immediately what we started to first work on was your spiritual journey is of utmost importance. You're doing this for the whole universe. This isn't a personal thing. You're doing this for the entire universe, like I talked about in the morning session. You know, this is for all those yet born, all those that are unborn and all those that have seemed to pass away throughout all of history. This is what this is for. It's, it's huge. And when we don't have that context of how huge this is, then it can be more like the mind starts fishing like, ah, oh, I'm going to hurt these people. It's going to be a huge sacrifice. You know, people are going to be angry at me and all these things. But those are all just projections of, of unwillingness to answer the call. <laughs> you, you know, it, the world is, isn't really out there. It's just a projection of thoughts. So but basically what I worked with uh, Lisa at the beginning was I said, I said, you, you like to meditate? And she said, I wish, I wish I could meditate. I don't have a minute during the day. I'm picking up after the kids, cooking the meals, you know, and then they're off to school and they come back and I'm working full time. I, I wish I could meditate. Do you like to meditate? Yes, I do. I really like to meditate, but I, but I can't because I, I don't have any time in my life. And I said, well, that's going to be the first thing. You're going to have to start to make time. And what that was, was, you know, getting the children, the teenagers more involved, working with them to say, I can't do this for you anymore because I'm dying inside. There's something calling me. And if I don't answer this call, I'm, I feel like I'm going to die. I said, just be honest. Just tell it like it is. You have a spiritual calling and you've denied it and you've taken on the mother role so fully that now you're you're like a servant. You're working, you know, you've got work and then you come home and you're a slave in your own house. And if you might remember the movie The Matrix, the first thing that Morpheus says to Neo is you are a slave, a slave in what you cannot smell or taste or touch. You're a slave in your own mind. And basically, the, all the lessons of Morpheus with Neo is how to free your mind. So immediately, when I went in there with Lisa, the first thing, we had to start to free up a little bit of time. And, and then we, st little by little, over the months and years after that, we worked at freeing up more time, more time, time for study of the course. She said, that's important to me. I said, well, then you have to allocate time. You, your mind has to value that. And you have to allocate the time for that. It's repurposing time from, you know, being caught up in, in a slave to a world that's believed to be external and to people that seem to be external. And then you have to start to allocate the time for study, allocate the time for prayer and meditation. And you've been working at allocating the time even to come to the monastery. That was an allocation of time or come to Mexico when, when you and Helen came down there and were part of that was a February retreat. That was an, an allocation of time. So you're already on the right track, but you have to keep doing it more and more and more. You have to start to, you might say, make more space in your mind and make more space in what seems to be your life for more and more of those things. And then what happened when Lisa started doing that, I mean, she she took it to heart when I told her, you know, you, this whole thing is backwards. You need, 
to take control of the direction of your thinking and you need to make decisions and you need to do what will serve the whole, not just trying to serve two teenagers. Uh, you have to do more than that. Then she started to talk to them. She sat down with them and she, I said, well, you have a heart to heart talk with them. And she did. She had heart to heart talk with her teenagers. And when she did, um, I said on the phone, how did it go? She said, not good, not good. They were, they were furious. It's almost like going in and telling the king and the queen that they're not the king and the queen. It's like, you know, it's like stealing the crowns or something. It was, it was not good. And so I said, well, just give it a little while to let, and all the emotions came up. There was so much suppression and denial going on and so few heart-to-heart -heart talks. There was enormous repression. And then when she first started to get honest about these things, it was huge reactions, huge reactions. And basically they did what the, they talk about children in the twos with the finger and the no. They, they gave her point blank, no, we're the children, you're the mom, we eat the food, you cook the food, we throw the clothes on the ground, you pick it up and you wash them. And they gave her a lecture, like, get you back in your place, woman. You know, don't you tell us, the teenagers, that we aren't to be teenagers anymore. We're teenagers, we go to school, and these are things that you must do as a mother. You go, you earn the money, you, we spend the money. <laughs> you cook the food, we eat the food. You know, they they gave they hammered her. It was like she tried to have her first heart to heart and they she got hammered. So then she talked to me again. She said, What am I gonna do? I can't I can't get out of this situation. I said, You can't or you won't. Well, uh, okay, I won't. Why not? Isn't it important to you, your pathway to God? Isn't this worth it enough? Yes, yes, yes. So then she called that first round World War II. Then I, I sent her in again to the trenches where she basically had to say, actually, my spiritual journey is important to me. And it's so important that I am going to take time to meditate. I am going to take time to study. There are things that are very important to me, but they're not just important to me. They're for a, in a bigger picture. They're important for everything and everyone. And I actually... I'm not going to be bullied into playing this role of a, of a mother anymore. I, I know that I'm more than that, but you're going to have to work with me. And basically, I'm laying down the rules here. Uh, you will pick up your clothes. You know, there will be times when you'll, you'll eat out or you'll have to cook fend for yourselves from the kitchen. And she really had to lay it down. And reaction? Furious absolutely furious like like she was taking their life away from them she was taking their prime teenage years away from them because she wouldn't play the role and jesus says that in the course that whenever you feel the the guilt it's because someone hasn't fulfilled the role that you would have them play he even says that in the in the text that's where the upset comes in when somebody's not fulfilling the role that the ego basically has set up which of the roles in this world has the ego set up? Basically, it set them all up. That even a teacher of God role is something that is still involves personhood, and you're going to have to transcend even teacher of God role, even miracle worker roles. 
but those are roles that are infused with light, infused with the Holy Spirit's purpose. So you'll feel more free the more you move into those more expansive roles, a healer, teacher of God, a miracle worker. Those are just examples. You can call it whatever you want, just an intuitive being, you could call it. You're going to have to move into those to release the guilt. And then eventually, I remember those, that's when they were teenagers, but I've, uh, her, her daughter, eventually she got pregnant before she, while she was still in high school. I went back up there. I was, I was in the hospital when her, her uh, grandson was born, Lisa's grandson. And over the years, I've watched these teenagers grow up. One, the, her eldest, her daughter, um, has had many reflections now at this point where she's, she's into all kinds of spirituality and she reads it. It's, she still is now a son of her own, and, but she, you know, she's reading metaphysics and opening spiritually. And her son, Polly, uh, eventually was, went to prison was arrested, went to prison, spent time in solitary confinement. And as soon as he got out of prison in solitary confinement, his sister bought him a bus ticket and he came and lived at the monastery. So he went from being one of these rebellious teenagers and he came out and he joined us out here at the monastery. Then we went to Hawaii. He joined us in Hawaii. And now I think at this point, he's probably maybe in his, in his 20s, he's still in Hawaii, but he's living a very prayerful life uh, because he came so close. Not only did the did Lisa turn, but her children turned, the teenagers turned. It's inevitable. Everybody is called. You, you can look around and you look at Danny and you look at your boys and you think, wow, if this is all just a reflection of my own limiting beliefs, then as I free my mind of limiting beliefs, I am setting the captives free because I can't, hold them to these roles and they can't hold me to the roles. So it's only my own willingness to be set free from these limiting beliefs and limiting self-concepts that's holding me back. So it's been beautiful to, to hear Lisa tell the stories of going back years later, sometime a decade, I don't know how many, it's, how many years ago that was, but it's been a long time. But it's just always fulfilling for me to hear her talk of, of, how glorious it has been to follow her joy, to not compromise, and to keep taking those steps. And, and she remembers that she did have to start at the beginning because the situation seemed very much like she was a victim of her household, basically. Uh, she, she, wasn't, she didn't have a partner there, but she had two very strong teenagers, and, and that was what her starting point was. So you know, it, it's very, very possible. I would say it's more even destined and inevitable that, that you realize how important this is. And, and you still, there's ways when you come together with, with these three beings of light and with Danny that, that you can be in that presence, go into the field and let the field speak for you <laughs> because cause they want the field too. You want the field, they want the field. And when you follow your heart, then everybody ends up in the field. <laughs> but when you, you know, delay or you, 
you feel, I don't know if I can do this or whatever, then that keeps everybody trapped into these uh, limiting concepts and roles. Yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. Oh, we feel your heart. We feel it. We feel it. Oh, beautiful. Beautiful. Oh, sister. Yes. Thank you. Okay. We'll see, Jeff. We Jeff, we see what we got here. Marianne uh, uh, Pedersen. Go ahead, Marianne. Oh, Marianne. Can you hear me? Yes. Yes. Hey. We can see. Here we have three friends. Yes. And uh, Solvay, this is Solvay, and she raised her hand. It's actually me who raised my hand. But yes. before she is, <laughs> she can say anything, I just want to say, oh, thank you, thank you. Kirsten, David, Michael, everybody, actually. <laughs> it's wonderful. <laughs> thank you. Uh, I love you, Marion. Yeah. Hi. 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 It's my first online retreat, and um, I think I just want to share that I had a lot of resistance for the online retreat. I had a lot of resistance for the subject and um, from last from yesterday till now have been like um, like uh, a deep journey for me I've, um, so I'm really nervous right now <laughs> I um I've discovered how um how I keep up appearances how it's a kind of block blocking for the love I discovered actually I discovered how much I feel love and that was really strong for me. Mm. Uh, I see it in in so many ways I didn't see it before. Mm. So thank you. Thank mm. you, Beth. That's a big discovery. Yeah. That's a very, very big discovery. It is. It really is. Mm. Yeah, it doesn't seem rational from the world. If you talk to most people, they would say, no, no, I, I love love. I want love. And I, what do you mean? I, I'm, I'm afraid of love. On the surface, it can seem absolutely irrational. And then the only way you start to realize what's going on is that you start, as you go deeper, you start to realize that this entire world is is backwards and upside down. That that to come to this world and try to play human and to be sane and survive, that 
we've had to accept an upside down uh, and backwards world. And uh, it's a little bit like Lewis Carroll's uh, famous Through the Looking Glass, you know, it, Alice has to go down through the rabbit hole and everything, when she goes through the rabbit hole, everything, the sizes are distorted, everything seems completely unlike the surface. And the more you go within your mind, you start to realize that, that through the ego, you've been playing games, you've been compromising, you've been uh, living a life of fear and resistance. And uh, the discovery that you've just made, I remember in my life, this, it took me into my 20s before one day I had an aha that I was actually afraid of love and I was had living most of my life out of fear of consequences. What would happen to me, uh, I, the jobs I took, the relationships I had, I, I was amazed that 90 some percent of my entire life was fear-based. It was actually based on fear of consequences. And I thought, what am I going to do? I, uh, this isn't life. I'm just like a robot uh, act, acting and reacting and responding based on fear. There's, there's no love motivating my life. It's actually fear that's motivating my life. And that sent me on a very deep journey to clear my mind of all the fear, to leave no stone unturned, to learn to trust and, and believe that I, I was valuable enough to be happy to actually be happy and know really to know love. And, and there's so much that has to be raised up uh, from the unconscious mind. It has to be brought up. But the Spirit loves us so much that the Spirit, for me, used movies and poetry and all types of stories, music, uh, all types of artwork, all kinds of things uh, came flooding into my life to help me loosen up from all this fear. And then, you know, I, for me, it actually took decades to clear the fear away. But, but now I find there's a momentum that's so strong with all of us that by joining together, it it's makes the time of, of going through the fear shorter and shorter and shorter. Like this morning, Sabine uh, from Germany, but that beautiful witness where she she was not in a good place when she started the uh, retreat, but here she was after this morning, just, I, she said, I don't know what happened and I don't even know how it happened, but it happened. She could feel the effect of the, of the healing, the power of the miracle working. And you don't even have to figure it out. You just want to be willing for it and allow it. So that's the only thing I would share with you is, is how precious that you've made that discovery. It's so huge. And then more and more openings and miracles will surely follow. You've just got into the tip of the iceberg there, but it's you're you're ready to uh, to be happy and to feel love, real love in your heart. It's so great. And Marianne, there it's you're in the good hands <laughs> with Marianne. <laughs> And I can see that picture on the wall right over your head, right behind you is, uh, <laughs> is like smiling, looking on going, hmm, very good. This is my beloved child in whom God is very, very well pleased. <laughs> That's it.
Thank you. Okay, we have time for another one. Yeah. Okay. Stephanie, go ahead. Finland, what time is it? Stephanie, hi. <laughs> One o'clock. <laughs> One in the morning. Yes. <laughs> How beautiful. Thank you. For... Yes. Hi. <laughs> I have uh, thousands of feelings and thoughts, so I have to. Um, uh, I think I have a lot of. Um, Many things had been happening. Um, and one is you often talk about um, like your parents never told, uh, you never sat at the dinner table and talked about feelings. And somehow this was, and uh, there was one moment I was also sitting with my family at the dinner table. And I said, oh, we also skipped the feeling part. So. I really, it came very natural to, to talk about. I, I started asking, how do you feel? And uh, it was very, um, they a little bit looked at me like, oops. <laughs> 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 but it was still for me, somehow, I was ready to ask, how do you feel? Um, and uh, the one lady talked about motherhood. And this is one question I had, it's written here, motherhood. It's like, uh, I feel like, um, somehow I feel, I think guilt, because it's like uh, my children, one, my daughter just finishing studying, my son just started to study. And, you know, they have um, this life of, of, you know, what are we going to do and which job and all these not things. I raised them to think like this. And somehow I, I feel guilty. I can't even, uh, if they talk about their future, I'm like, mm. Mm. <laughs> I don't know what to say anymore. Just how do you feel? <laughs> it's like, it's like so strange. I feel, I feel really trapped in this. Uh, new role of, of being a mother or not even be a mother anymore. Um, and I hope I get can I can give it over now to to be really free to just they can that they can enjoy also their their life like and I don't need to worry about them. They will find their path. Yeah, it's beautiful because um, one time uh, when uh, Lisa went back and was talking to her two children, uh, Polly was, her son was going through some difficulties and was wondering why Lisa uh, couldn't understand him at that time. Uh, and he was going through all these questions. And finally, her daughter, who's a little bit older than Polly, said, listen, Polly, relax. She said to her brother, 
she said, she's really following David now and she's opening and expanding and, and mom wants to wake up from the dream. She said, I don't. I like being a mom, but mom wants to wake up from this dream and I have to respect that. We have to respect her decision. You see, this was a, quite an interesting, my goodness, if we filmed some of these encounters, people would go, what, what soap opera is this <laughs> going on? But the thing is beautiful because you really did have a lot of beautiful things to say too when you when I could really feel where your mind's at and about just Googling, you know, mysticism and and looking and then having that time when you were crying, when it hit you what mysticism really was when you could hardly cross the street because you were crying so much because it hit you as an experience. But also that you're starting your your first Course in Miracles group and how you kind of pushed it away when the offer came. And so I think that that is a perfect example that just we don't have to try to direct the river. We don't have to try to decide where how the stream's going to go. You were so willing to go and meet with this man and the idea of, of being a part of a Course in Miracles group because it's never really been your thing. You see, that, that little thing can be huge because that gives you an opportunity to meet with a mighty companion and teach what you would learn to willing ears, to someone who really would love to hear it. Like, what do you feel and what do you think? So you can use the context of even that little Course in Miracles group as, as a, a step in opening up. You don't have to change your children. You don't have to tell your husband how to, he lives his life. In fact, you don't have to, to challenge the, the government over in Finland or uh, go and do protest against Russia, uh, you know, and so on and so forth. You don't have to do any of that. You're just taking your baby step, and it's a big one, just in that holy encounter that you have going on with this man for this Course in Miracles group, starting a Course in Miracles group is like you're coming out of the closet with your spirituality a little bit by participating in this Course in Miracles group. And that's a beautiful example for all of us because that's how it seems to go. Maybe Eckhart Tolle has a park bench experience and he comes into total union with spirit and presence and then it takes him some years to, before he can integrate it and return to, to walk on the world. But most people are giving us, given a slowly evolving curriculum that helps build their confidence because there is a lot of, there still is fear and, and uncertainty. And you're just taking those steps to build your confidence. So I see that everything is going just beautifully. And, and, and it was a big step for you to actually say yes to this little course group. You know, that was a, you were coming out of the closet there a bit. Because I, I'm talking now. <laughs> yeah, that's me too. That's another one. <laughs> thank you very much. Uh, thank you, Stephanie. Gracious. Beautiful. Give time for one more. One more. We still can fit in another one too. Una mas. Um, Jean, go ahead. Oh, Jean? Jean. Oh, yes, okay. Jean 
Yeah. She wants a mighty companion. Jean and Paris. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shoot. I thought we were done with questions. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, which one to ask? Um, what I was originally thinking was, well, I, I always have for the past year, and I, I spoke to Kirsten about this last year when she was in Paris, um, looking for the mighty companion <laughs> or companions. And you spoke about it already quite a bit today. And I was on a roller coaster when I would see parts from today where it would seem to be answered, but the desire was still there. And I just so uh, want someone I can talk to. And um, I do the prayer calls, I do Spiri, I do all those virtual things, but the desire is still there. And I don't know, is that the ego? <laughs> Or, but part of it is, I remember back talking to Kirsten, it was still there, that question, but I was at that point afraid to speak to anybody. I, I was one of those quiet people at the retreat who doesn't open up. And so now it, it does feel like it, it's a good step for me to open up, but there's nobody there. <laughs> and, um, so that's why I'm here <laughs> this weekend. But again, it's it's virtual. I'm not. Um, I, I don't. I can't. I mean, they, I've always heard when you when you need the teacher, the teacher will come. And for the past year, every time a teacher comes, they go away. <laughs> it's just short visits, and I just want to commit and really be able to talk to someone every week or just really commit and it, I can commit to lessons and online things, but there's nothing, sorry, real to commit to here. And it's uh, in rest today, <laughs> you said, this is the answer and for five seconds. I'm like, okay, yes. <laughs> <laughs> And then right away, the desire was still there. And just, I really, is that ego? Is that just ego? Or is no, it okay to really want, want yeah, somebody here? Yeah, that's beautiful. There are actually people, too, that have written in uh, your same question. And they've, they've written in some paragraphs about it and articulated all the nuances of, of is this wrong? I mean, this feels so important to me and there's been some other questions that have talked about these online retreats and and uh having having visits from different ones that have come through kirsten i think uh diana was came through paris and briefly or different parts of europe and um you know it's almost like when people go some people go to watch a movie in a movie theater and they can't help it they start talking to the characters on the screen you know, they'll just, they're, they, they're watching the movie. Don't go in there. No, don't go with him. Don't. I'm telling you, you know, they will actually start talking as if uh, they're talking to the people on the screen. And then um, what's that movie we have of, uh, of the, the man who kind of 
seems to manifest uh, the woman. Oh, Ruby Sparks. Ruby Sparks. There's a movie, Ruby Sparks. I don't know if you've ever seen it. It's an amazing movie of this man who's a writer, who's got a bit of writer's block, but he starts dreaming of this woman. And then uh, after a while, there starts to be little signs and symbols in his house, like uh, some panties and a few other things. And, and then she appears. She's in the house. And then he tries to tell his brother, and his brother is like, you are, you are crazy. She's not even real. You're a writer. For God's sake, you know what's going on. But the movie starts to explore this idea of, of, of somebody who's in imagination and somebody who's there in actuality. Because there's, there's a lot of healing that's going to occur, whether it's just through imagination or seemingly in form. And so oftentimes, you know, our experience has been that a lot of times, for example, I, I meet people online or I've done Skype calls or Zoom calls or these kind of things. And sometimes we meet people and interact with them for quite some time. And then suddenly they come off the screen and they show up in our lives in 3D. You know, it's <laughs> that we always go, look who came off the screen you know, after like three years. You know, and it's like, there they are, or they show up to the monastery, or they show up to one of the retreats, or, or whatever. The thing is, you just have to have the, the trust and the willingness. Sometimes it's, it's a lesson in patience, but also, uh, if you keep just following that nudge, those nudges that you get of what feels helpful, like you, you want somebody that you can really open your heart up with and share a lot without like keeping things hidden or trying to have to be so careful in conversations not to say this or say this word or whatever. That's really, I feel your, your call is for a deeper communication. And, and that is not unusual at all. It's not like it's, it's an egoic desire. There's, there's a desire of the heart that's, that sees the value in relationship, that sees the value in the mirroring that goes on in relationship. And, so I think we're just here to support, almost like to fan the flames of of that, where you realize that that there's different forms of of learning seemingly, but but basically you're still facing your thoughts, and that really all you're asking for, you have a whim for a mighty companion that will very closely reflect your thoughts, that you'll be able to kind of dive down together. Uh, and and that's very very common. Yeah, and even if it, um, like these retreats, these online retreats, sometimes we've left it open at the end for mm -hmm. people to chat, you know, and connect. So even here, yeah, if there's anyone who you feel a certain connection with, it's like dare to go in that direction and reach out, you know. And there are plenty of friends here from Europe, and the same time zone can be helpful, but. I mean, we also have a mystical mind training program where people pair up as mind training partners. And part of that is to have a weekly call. And there's the program to talk about as a backdrop, but everyone ends up really talking more deeply about what's going on for them and what's on their heart every week. So, yeah, I think it's just a natural thing to put out. And it could be just that next daring to take that next step of if there's anyone on the retreat that you feel a connection with, just 
start chatting <laughs> or exploring MMT. And then we have the Unwind Your Mind groups as well. Um, and they're a great commitment. We're coming together once a week and they end up being a, like expression session kind of groups where mighty companionships kind of spring out of them as well sometimes once the groups come to a, a close so i think it's beautiful gene just keep <laughs> opening your heart and <laughs> putting your prayer out there <laughs> yeah. yeah and we could tell you there's so many examples of someone coming with that prayer in their heart and then mm. um, you know we just have had so many events going on this summer but uh, we had one man from the east coast was it mike and he kept talking about well, Katie and I, and Katie and I, and Katie and I, and Katie and I, and so I, I sense he wasn't talking about Byron Katie. Uh, he was talking about his partner, but it turns out his partner is a golden retriever. A golden retriever, not a dog. A golden retriever. Yeah, he he does. He's dog. <laughs> she's not a dog. Don't even say that word. It's Katie, and it was Katie and I, and Katie and I, and. Well, we're, what's up for you? What's next for you? Well, Katie and I, you know, it was very much like they were a couple and, and it's the golden retriever and Mike. And now they are headed for Mexico for Ricky, our friend Ricky's uh, school down there. First time Katie, ever a dog is going to be in our school. <laughs> Katie and Mike. You said yeah, a golden retriever. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, I told, I told you not to use that word. But no, Katie and Mike are coming to Mexico. So that's going to be an adventure because Jason is a great adopter. We've got Benito, the feisty part chihuahua. Part chihuahua. Untrainable. We've got Zion, the fun-loving cat, and now we're going to have Katie. So, you know, there's just so many stories of people that just feel like that, that there's a calling and so sometimes they do come off the screen and other times they do you know, you just interact and interact, and then suddenly you're there. Brian's right here in the studio. Brian and his wife, I was in a community with them, was it like 23, 24, 25 years ago? And then I haven't seen Brian maybe once or twice in California, but uh, here he is. He's, he's right here now. So, you know, but there's so many examples of, of these things happen when you really just hold the prayer of your heart and and look for opportunities to connect and then just give it over to the Holy Spirit. It's quite amazing. Mm -hmm. I was thinking we have Movie Watchers Guide to Enlightenment, a music listener's guide that we're developing. We need like a mighty companion guide to enlightenment. Not there you have to stay. Remember they had that? Yeah. Kathy was in charge. Bed and Breakfast Network, you could have a mighty companion network. International, ACIM International Mighty Companion mm -hmm. Network. <laughs> what a good idea you could start <laughs> that <laughs> look at it look at Helena all loves wow, the idea of that. they're excited about that this you guys is... could collaborate <laughs> oh, look. There. i see <laughs> five collaborators you could get together and start a network that's a that's an idea whose time has come acim international <laughs> mighty companion you sign network. up and you write whether you love movies your favorite kind of movies yeah. <laughs> your profile is different right you make a group out of the facebook group or something yeah good okay all right we're getting the signal so tomorrow what time? morning morning 10 a.m our time
9 a.m. Mountain Standard. 9 Mountain Standard Time. So check your time zones to find out where that is for you. We start up again with a, a two hour closing yeah, session. Two hour closing yeah. session. Yeah. Thank you, everyone. Yeah, I love you, everyone. So, oh. so sweet to be with you. So sweet. Look at all hearts, <laughs> sways, waves. <laughs> wow, 50 people on the screen. Oh, my goodness. It's beautiful. Look at those waves. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Holly. She's doing a wave. <laughs> the wave. Is, Holly's doing a, a wave Australian from wave. Australia. Yeah. <laughs> beautiful. Love you. Mm.